The Paul Kuharski Podcast is brought to you by the Yazoo Brewing Company, celebrating 15 years of beer in Nashville, Tennessee. Hey, Titans fans, and welcome back to this week's edition of the paulkoharski.com podcast. I'm his co-host, Madison Blevins, and this podcast is brought to you by Yazoo Brewery. Yes, it's Yazoo, not Yazoo, because PK, it was brought to my understanding today that we've been mispronouncing that name of our sponsor. Yeah, I don't think we're alone in that um, Yahoo, uh, the website, it was pretty pervasive, not quite Google, but uh, became very mainstream. And so I've been working on it all week. Yazoo, 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 still having trouble with it. So I, I found this to help everyone and to help you and I hold on here. Hey, this is Linus, and this is Neil from Yazoo Brewery. With what's new with Yazoo? Well, first off, there's Yazoo Summer. Yazoo, Yazoo, Yazoo. That's their their commercial from Linus and Neil, my main men at Yazoo Brewery. And so uh, we will work to get that in. Once upon a time, I didn't know how to pronounce Kevin Mawai. Now he's going to go in the Hall of Fame soon enough, and it's second nature. So uh, it'll become second nature to us in no time. I'm sure they'd like us to pronounce it correctly. I think they'd also like for us to drink it. And I've been doing uh, my part, and hopefully people listening have been as well. So they, they told. Yes, and uh, once upon a time, I didn't know how to pronounce Yancey, Yancey, Yancey either. Like, so yeah. here we how are. I'm growing. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you sent me that link because I've always heard it Yazoo, and my friends and I have always said that. So now I'll know to tell them what there it's actually called. How it's I appreciate uh, their participation in the endeavor. Let's uh, let's give them something to talk about. All right. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that this podcast helps you get through a workout or a drive or whatever it is that you are where you're at listening to this right now. But um, as we know, last week we had a little bit of a dramatic episode. I feel like I can say that now. Um, PK, it appears, though, a week later... Despite all your uh, dramatic, uh, I will say dramatic health issues that you talked about last week, you are alive and well today. I I am alive and I am, I guess you could say, well, I mean, compared to sick people, I'm I'm alive. I've been working, but I still right now, as I'm talking to you, have a little bit of a stomach ache and things are (laughs) still unresolved, though I don't feel like it's... uh, leading to my untimely passing as I felt last week. So I've had a test or two. I am uh, taking some medicine and hopefully it'll resolve itself soon. I'm wondering if another thing that's happening next week called uh, vacation, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit more later, might also help the cause. But uh, outside of missing an hour on a day when the midday 180 was only an hour uh, because of the basketball tournament, I've been uh, I've been working. I still don't quite feel like myself. So hopefully we'll get to the bottom of it. Or maybe it's just something I'm going to deal with in old age. I hope not. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not becoming a vegan despite your insistence. And, uh, you know. That was going to be my next question. Did you change your diet at all? Uh, you know, uh, not dramatically. I'm trying to eat a bit blander. Um, but, you know, there's only so much you can do. I do think that I, I know people aren't sympathetic to this, but the change in show hours has made it difficult to to eat on schedule. Like, you know, we can get, I could get a decent snack or two in at the top of an hour on a break. But it's unnatural to me and the habits that I've formed to not have any time to have lunch between 10 and 2. And then I either 
wind up eating a big meal at 2.30 and then not being wanting dinner or starving when it's dinner time. So still figuring that out. You just have to pack. You just have to pack snacks. A lot of snacks. Healthy, healthy snacks. Yeah, I'd rather have a healthy meal, but. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad you're okay. And I'm glad that that is behind us and dealt with. And you are alive for this podcast. I was, you know, kind of hoping I would get to do one by myself. Ah, uh, yeah. How many people listened. But anyways, <laughs> Paul, this week, Deion Sanders and Kevin Byard got into it on Twitter it, it kind of seems to be over now, but I saw that you've been a part of it in a way. How have you dealt with this, I will say, wreckage? Yeah, well, I mean, it was pretty ridiculous. Uh, you know, and, and maybe Bayard, uh, maybe he was seeking validation in a way that he didn't need to. Uh, you know, I, I, in the end, after after the first wave blew through, I kind of said like, hey, Bayard and Titans fans, uh, you know, uh, Deion Sanders, Hall of Fame player, great player not nearly as great analyst. Everybody shouldn't have got sucked into this. And then I got sucked into it a little bit myself, I guess. Um, it's just dumb. I mean, Dan Sanders either wasn't paying attention, uh, probably wasn't paying attention. And he called Kevin Byard a fan after uh, Sanders announced that uh, Tyron Matthew is the best safety in the game when he signed with Houston. And Byard kind of said, hey, what about the guys who were on the old pro team this last year? And he was one of those. And and Sanders kind of said, yeah, yeah you, you know what fans tell you. I know what players and, uh, and former players say. Well, uh, jumping to Byard's defense, we're a bunch of really good players, uh, really good safeties like Eric Weddle, uh, like Jalen Ramsey, the cornerback from, from Jacksonville, a whole, whole bunch of guys jumping in. It was just dumb. And Dion then should have said, hey, I didn't realize that was you, Kevin. I, you know, I know you. I like your game. I prefer Matthew. You know, wh- whatever it was that he was going to say. But he just kind of left it hanging like, hey, this guy's some scrub fan trying to tell me my business. And the problem with guys like Deion Sanders, who was a great player, there are far too many of these guys in the quote unquote media now, particularly on NFL Network. But there are plenty all over the place, including at my former employee ESPN, um, who think that by having been good themselves – that makes them uh, able to interpret everything. And I'm here to tell you that they don't watch enough football. They certainly don't watch enough small market football. So I'm confident Deion Sanders could tell you about the Eagles who, who won the Super Bowl, about the Patriots who were in the Super Bowl, about the Cowboys who he played for. Um, but a lot of these guys, you know, and, and it's the fault of the networks, really. They're hired to talk in broad generalities, and these networks don't put their thumbs down on these guys. They don't say, Dion, you know, straighten up and fly right. Uh, we need more from you, all of that stuff. They're thrilled to give a guy like that a bunch of money, and it's really the fault of the fans and the viewers because the fans and the viewers watch guys like that. And if you turned it off and said, I'm not getting enough out of that guy, uh, all he does is laugh at silly nonsense that's not funny. Um, you know, then maybe they'd be driven to get guys who are better. There are some who are good. I mean, I think Matt Hasselbeck's good. I think Ryan Clark is good. Ryan Clark was hardly a, a star, which is maybe part of why he's good. But there are a lot of guys that are just, you know, chuckle fest, uh, being funny, trying to be funny. I don't think they're particularly funny. Laughing at stuff that's not funny, that seems like a nervous filler. And they're just not that concerned with being particularly good. So I, I was kind of sticking up for Bayard in that, like, hey, man, you shouldn't let it bother you. These guys, a lot of these guys are just not very good at being analysts. And a lot of those guys, you know, would say, 
uh, they're far more equipped to analyze football than I am. And certainly he is in a lot of regards. But I'll say this. I've worked a lot harder and most analysts, most good analysts like me, not not former players, have worked a lot harder at learning football than many former players in the media have worked at becoming good analysts. Uh, and, and they get a free pass for those. And God forbid somebody like me uh, use the wrong term or, or uh, you know, misidentify zone or man. We get killed for it a lot more than they get killed for, for their failures uh, as analysts. And I, I think that's a, a, a disappointing thing. And then you heard on Midday 180 on Thursday, uh, Dion's son uh, jumped in into the fray and, and uh, told me <clears throat> that, that reporters are there to uh, watch them with their feet up and report about what they do. Like he's done something like this kid, the trust fund kid who's bragging about having a couple companies uh, and telling us on the midday 180, how little overhead he had uh, like, like he's done something. And I thought he made a a pretty good fool of himself on the radio with us on Thursday. How'd you enjoy that interview? Hey, well, he has done a lot. I mean, he hung out with little Wayne today. Did you not hear that part? Yeah. I, I heard his rap song, Big Dion. This is this is this is how nonsensical it is from the start. He's Dion Sanders Jr. And he says they call him Big, big Dion. Dion. Well, what the hell sense does it make to call Junior big? <clears throat> senior is big Dion and Junior is little Dion by the very definitions of being senior and junior. But they t- they twist this simple concept in a knot and they call Junior Big Dion, which makes no sense. So we played one of his rap songs, David Reed did, and uh and at the end, we kind of as a parting shot, we said, how's your rap career going? And he said, oh, it's just hanging with Lil Wayne today. I said, no, no, I know how Lil Wayne's <laughs> rap career is going. How's your rap career going? Guy, uh, he thinks he's a marketing genius. Do we think that uh, Big Dion was the one who wrote the tweet back to Bayard, or do we think it was Dion yeah, Sanders? That's a good question, because L- Big Dion, <laughs> who I call Dion Jr., said that he writes, uh, he controls his dad's account. But then later I said, well, did you write those tweets, or did your dad? He said, oh, my dad did. So it was a really, really awkward, um, and I think we made him, I, I mean, I think he made himself look terrible, and we certainly gave him some necessary boosts. Uh, Chad and Jonathan and I, but uh, I, I would encourage people after you're done listening to this, if you haven't heard that, to go find that. We tweet out the link from at Midday 180 and hear what a piece of work this kid is. Um, he and his father clearly not believing too much in accountability. He did thank you, though, for giving him more money and more fans after being on your show on Thursday. Yeah, he thinks people were pouring out of our show to go buy his uh, cliches on T-shirts. And we started a campaign where we asked people uh, to not only not buy his shirts, but to buy Midday 180 and 104.5 The Zone swag in as, as a form of protest. Um, and I think sales were actually pretty good today. I can't imagine he picked up many followers. If he did, he picked them up so they could go look at the dumb tweets that we were talking about. Then they probably did what I did and unfollowed him today after we were done DMing details for him to be on the show. Oh, I was going to say you followed him in the first place. Well, I followed him so we could DM. That's impressive. Okay, I got gotcha. you. All well, in the name of business, all for the show, Madison. Speaking of business, let's move on from drama. Talk about football. Sylvester Williams was a big money free agent acquisition last season for John Robinson, but now he's a member of the Detroit Lions. Was this a bust for the Titans? Yeah, it was definitely a bust for the Titans. And I think it's kind of a benchmark moment in that um, 
this is John Robinson's, I don't know if we touched on this last week. I don't think it was gone yet. He wasn't. Um, this was John Robinson's first, uh, you know, raising of the hand and saying, my bad. Uh, I know a lot of people say Kevin Dodd is that, but Kevin Dodd's still on the roster and Kevin Dodd still has a chance to be uh, fixed, quote unquote, fixed by Mike Vrabel and, uh, and, and the coaching staff. So uh, Sylvester Williams got a contract that was far too big with far too much guaranteed money. And he really didn't do much last year. He was coming off an injury in the off season. It took him forever. Antoine Woods was out playing him during training camp. And quite frankly, I think they would have been just as well served by Antoine Woods playing that position last year. And they wouldn't be in the hole uh, for some dead cap money from, from Williams. Um, so, I mean, I think it's a good thing that, that John Robinson is willing to uh, to say, hey, you know, by cutting him, saying I, I made a mistake, um, you know, and I'm sure Mike Vrabel and Dean Pease assessed what Williams could do for them and and decided he wasn't a fit, which is really saying something because Sylvester Williams is pretty big and Dean Pease likes big guys up front. And I think that was a big part of why Carl Klug uh, was also cut because Carl Klug's 275, 285, and Dean Pease, I think the last 12 defensive linemen he had in Baltimore were 320 or more. Um, so, uh, you know, with Klug, <clears throat> it was more about uh, fit than money in my eyes. With Williams, uh, it was, uh, uh, you know, I don't think he fit in that he didn't play very well at all last year, but certainly they wanted to get out from under uh, his money. And so, uh, look, guy's not going to hit. Um, you know, on everybody. And John Robinson needs to do better in free agency. So far, he's been a better drafter than a better uh, than than a uh, free agent signer. Uh, I think that's the case with a lot of people, though we did see some teams really uh, do some good work last year in free agency. And teams now, like Chicago, getting a lot of uh, credit for what they did at free agency in terms of addressing need. But, uh, you know, Sylvester Williams, we hardly knew you. Good luck in Detroit. But I think Titans fans' memories of him are going to be that he uh, was a very quick washout in Nashville. Yeah, well, and speaking of a washout, the Titans missed out on Chad Henney, who just joined the Chiefs. And now their next candidate is apparently backup quarterback, quarterback Blaine Gabbert. What do you think of him behind Marcus Mariota? Is it a good fit? Well, I thought they're going to wind up with better options, frankly. The Jets kind of screwed things up because they they signed two of the guys that I figured would have gone to different teams: Teddy Bridgewater, uh, who didn't get much, and and Josh McCown, um, who was there last year. And now they moved up to trade uh, and and get one of the draft's top quarterbacks. So uh, they're going to be three deep, and that takes one guy off the table who could have been a number two here or somewhere else, uh, who might have left more open. Gabbert's not bad, you know. We talked to. Um, Excuse me. <clears throat> we talked to Greg Sell about him on the Midway 80. He, he just talked about his, uh, you know, he could move nicely, kind of mirroring some of the things that Mario to do. And a lot of people like that idea. But, uh, and, and he's going to be a backup of the league, I think, for a good while longer. He's just very inaccurate. Uh, and it's hard to kind of to explain some of his uh, missed throws on stuff that he should not miss. Uh, he's thrown a lot of interceptions in his career. It's funny because um, in 2011, he, um, if I'm remembering that, I know Jake Locker was eighth. I think 
uh, Gabbert was 10th and Christian Ponder was 11. Jake Locker retired already years ago. Christian Ponder's out of the league. And Blaine Gabbert's still around as a backup. Uh, not one long-term starter out of the three of them. A huge disappointment and a terrible quarterback draft. But um, Burt's going to be the one that, that uh, survived. It's already the one that survives the longest. Uh, I've got a couple of alternative, alternatives to Gabbert that we'll talk about in part two of this podcast where, where I uh, talk about some of the free agent moves I think that, that still could be made. Look, the standard for what the backup quarterback is going to be going forward is, is he better than, than Matt Castle was last year? Matt Castle was terrible uh, in the game in Miami that they needed him to win. Yes, Blaine Gabbert's better than Matt Castle last year. Well, so this is now stage two of free agency, and there's so many big names off the board. But what do you think that we have learned the first week about the Titans? But also, what do we still not know that they have left to gain? Yeah, well, they're they're – there are some things that we haven't found out, right? We haven't had their name connected to a lot of guys that they haven't finished with. So that's good <clears throat> that they kept things quiet. Peter King reported that they looked into Ryan Jensen for some degree, the center. Um, so that told us something about they were at least, you know, examining the market for an interior offensive lineman. Then uh, on Thursday, Jenna Lane uh, of ESPN, a, a friend of mine from my old, old, old job, reported that Kevin – Pam Feel uh, has a one-year deal agreement with the Titans. He's a guy that can play up and down the line, uh, who I'm thinking would be a backup role, but maybe he'd have a chance to take on Quentin Spain. Um, Robinson was in Tampa Bay uh, four years ago when the Bucks drafted a deal out of Purdue in the fifth round. Um, <clears throat> Now, does that tell us that they're satisfied with their offensive line? Uh, you know, or you know, some people have had them, you know, looking at offensive linemen in the first round. Even uh, I don't know what that signals. Uh, receiver, uh, you know, they, they haven't been connected to any receiver. I think I counted this week. Uh, Sixteen guys have changed teams, so uh, <clears throat> I think there are some hints here. I, I mean, I don't think they're drafting a cornerback uh, or, or not high anyway after signing Malcolm Butler. I still think they might draft a running back, but I don't think it's going to be high after signing Deion Lewis. Uh, you know, the guard need down after signing Josh Klein. Uh, the defensive line need we're going to talk about in Dominican Sue, but, uh, you know, not nearly as big as it would have been if, if Daquan Jones went somewhere else. So not a ton of hints because we haven't heard them connected to many people they've missed out on. Uh, and, and that's what I'm curious about. We'll see if we hear about more people like that. They missed on Henny, and we knew that Henny was in town. We'll see if, if, if they land Gabbard or not, and we know that Gabbard was in town. Uh, but they've done an awfully good job of keeping it quiet who they've inquired about. Well, PK, that's going to wrap it up for me on part one that, as we know, is accessible to everyone. But part two is the good stuff. This is where, PK, you really let loose and you open up about how things unfold in multiple different situations, including what is going to happen at media or what is going to happen media wise at the upcoming owners meeting next week. Also, I think we have on tap for today that you are going to talk about maybe the thoughts on Indomitian Sue at this page, a couple of free agents that are remaining that the Titans might want to grab, maybe wide receivers we don't know yet, and also um, a big reaction to 
to a back tattoo. Now that sounds interesting, but you're going to have to stay tuned or join paulkaharski.com if you haven't already. So you can hear PK talk about a certain someone with a giant back tattoo because we know that will be interesting. Also, just thanks so much for Yazoo Brewery for bringing this paulkaharski.com podcast and for letting us be a part of that. Now, on the other side of a short pause, we will go to the members only stuff. So like I said, join the website now if you haven't already, and we will be right back after this. The Paul Kuharski Podcast is a joint production of paulkuharski.com and Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W.com.